Welcome back to Mini TV Reviews. I am your host, Mo, and today we are going to be wrapping up Spooky Ween, you guys. I know I'm a couple days late, but life is life right now, and I'm tired. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. So, my baby girl has been sick these last couple of days, so it has been a long couple of days, you guys. So, we're going to try to wrap this up. Um, even though she hasn't had a nap today and it's my off day, this was supposed to be to y'all last night. But anyway, <laughs> so we're going to be wrapping up Spooky Ween with A Haunting in Venice. That's right, you guys. This is now out on Hulu. It did come out in theaters earlier this year. Um, and I think my sister actually went to go see this one. And I heard it was pretty decent. But I did see some mixed reviews on it. So I guess I'm just going to have to see for myself. And then y'all be the judge as well. So if y'all have not seen it, go check it out on Hulu if you have a subscription to Hulu. All right. So without further ado, Let's go ahead and get into the synopsis, and then we're going to get right into the movie. So, the synopsis for this one is, Now retired and living in self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city, Para reluctantly attends a seance at a decaying, haunted palazzo. He soon gets thrust into a sinister world of shadows and secrets when one of the guests is murdered. Mm, sounds like it's going to be a good movie, you guys. I'm super excited. Now, Hercule Perrault is one of Agatha Christie's characters. Um, and I'm pretty sure that he was in Murder on the Nile or Death on the Nile. And then there was also a movie um, about a murder on a train. What was it? Murder on Orient Express or something like that. Those were pretty good whodunits. I didn't guess them, okay? I did not guess the murderer. So, I'm sure that I'm going to probably be incorrect in this one as well, but it's probably going to be a delightful, incorrect guess <laughs> at the expense of a good movie. All right, you guys. So, without further ado, let's get into it. So, we meet Hercule Poirot in Venice, Italy in 1947. He is a very particular methodical man who is very intellectually inclined we see him traveling through the streets of venice just kind of like you know living life um he is a renowned detective who has solved some of the most baffling whodunit cases <laughs> he is enjoying some fresh air and a good book when he gets noticed that a woman a friend wishes to speak to him but who could that be because he claims that he has no friends <laughs> That is until she actually comes in to greet him. And I believe that her name is Ariande Oliver. And she even brought him a snack. She sounds like a good friend indeed if she's bringing snacks. Okay, I'm all for that. She's a best-selling mystery author. And she's come to take him out for a day of celebration for his spooky season indeed, you guys. Okay, not only do they enjoy a day of music, but she also mentions that there is a woman that she's kind of been looking into. She's had her eye on a spiritualist, a medium of sorts, okay? The unholy, in quotations, Mrs. Reynolds. And she tells him that she was recently released from jail because she was imprisoned because they believe that she possessed powers that stemmed from witchcraft, you guys. Mm-hmm. And if you have read The Crucible, you know a little thing or two about witchcraft. <laughs> 
and how people can incorrectly put that on somebody, okay? Just because they be experiencing things. But it turns out Ariane has seen these mediums come a dime a dozen, but none of them have panned out quite like Mrs. Reynolds. Well, she's definitely quite the sight to see in action. Things for sure are happening when she's around and she just can't put her finger on how she's doing it. So she's come to the second smartest person and she knows that he will help her figure it out. Hopefully, at least. <laughs> she invites him to her office party and then to a seance after to determine if Mrs. Reynolds is indeed the real deal. So they arrive to the... <laughs> So they arrive to the house via gondolas, and the bodyguard mentions that when he was growing up, the older folks used to say that every house is haunted or cursed. Mm. We would definitely not be finding out if I was there that night, okay? We ain't going to nothing like that. <laughs> it looks like an event for the kids may be happening, however, at this point in time, because there are several there, and they are being told a scary tale of how when... Uh, just a few years ago or decades ago, there were some kids just like them that were affected by a plague, okay? And so when the plague happened, the nurses and the doctors that were taking care of them basically abandoned them and neglected them and left them to die in that very palazzo. Heracule and Ariand are sitting and chatting when he notices that there are two women, well, one adult woman and a young adult woman, um, that are on the second story conversing. Also, we come to find that the one woman is Rowena, who is the owner of the Palazzo, okay? And she's the hostess for this party. Arion hints that the woman who owns the home, Rowena, may be struggling financially because of the house's curse. And she also mentions that her daughter fell victim to the curse of the house as we see her drowning, you guys. Was she really a victim? Or did she do this on her own? Apparently, that's who the seance that they're there for that night is being held for. The lost girl from beyond, okay? Meanwhile, a little boy that's attending the party with his parents goes to check on his dad I believe his name is Leopold, and his dad, well, he don't seem to be handling this type of function so well, okay? But for now, he's keeping it together enough for them to stay just a little bit longer. Hercule is talking to um, Rowena. Apparently, she is like this famous celebrity uh, singer. Okay, she's a soprano of some sorts. And so, you know, she's grown some celebrity in her voice. And so he's complimenting her on how great her house looks. And she tells him that despite her putting the house on the market at an extreme steal, no one will take it because of the drowning death of her daughter the previous year. She tells him that she initially was skeptical of the ghost, but living in that house has made her a believer for sure. She also says that her daughter used to talk to other spirits who she mistakenly thought were just like some make-believe friends that her daughter made up. But now that her daughter is gone, she would pay whatever she must 
just so she can hear her daughter's voice once more. Very sad situation. I'm pretty sure we're going to get multiple layers of this, but for now, it seems like Rowena is in a very dark spot as far as still grieving for her daughter. Speaking of, Mrs. Reynolds finally arrives and she is a very beautiful woman. She looks to be a maybe of like Asian or Vietnamese descent or somewhere close to that ethnicity. As she looks around the exterior of the palazzo, she whispers, this one is going to be sad. Because she can hear all of these children's voices, um, screams, you know, just horrible things. Okay, so she says that there are a lot of children around and we ain't talking about the ones attending the party. She also throws out that the hostess's daughter's room is on the third floor and she also suggests that maybe they should hold the seance there. And so Rowena is looking at her like, okay, that's cool, but how did you know her room was on the third floor? Mrs. Reynolds might be the real deal, y'all. So she gets reacquainted with Arion and introduces herself to Heracle. Seems like her and Arion go way back. And there seems to be just a little tension between the two. Okay. Um, she doesn't claim to be a psychic, but she does claim to be able to talk to the dead. But she knows that Arion only brought Heracle along to discredit her and her gift. Heracle doesn't need any convincing, though, because he doesn't believe in people like her. He's a skeptic, and he believes that Mrs. Reynolds is there to further prey on the vulnerable state that Rowena is in at this point. And so as he's telling her off, in an adjacent room, y'all, out of nowhere, the chandelier falls and shatters into a thousand pieces on the ground. Call it a coincidence. Bad timing. All Miss Reynolds can do is look at Heracle and say, You were saying? <laughs> it's going to be a long night. So Heracle and the others are making their way to the girls' room when they run into the struggling dad who happens to be the same doctor that was taking care of the girl before she passed away. And so he felt like there was more that he could do for her in her state, but... Olga, who is the, I don't want to say the nanny, she might be the house manager, I'm not sure, but Olga, who is very close with Rowena and her daughter before she passed away, says that there was absolutely nothing more that he could have done, so don't even blame yourself, okay? So Heracle questions the matter of death, and we learn that she apparently died by suicide. That's what they say. But... To Olga, Olga and Rowena believe that the spirits of the house claimed this girl. Said that what happened was Rowena was, like I said, a very famous woman who would tour the world and travel to these fancy places because of her voice and her talents and Although she was that celebrity, she did still have a very close relationship with her daughter. And so she would only travel um, like one week on, one week off type of situation. 
so her and her daughter could maintain a relationship, right? So they were really close, and she grew up, and the daughter blossomed into this beautiful young woman. Um, She ended up falling in love with this guy, and they were engaged. Well, what happened, they got into some type of argument, and I'm not sure if they broke up for good, but either way, after the argument, it seems like she kind of went downhill mentally. Um, She moved back home. So when she moved back home, that's when she started hearing all the voices. The voices were telling her that they wanted her to be with them in the house forever. And so when all of this started happening, she, you know, the daughter reached out to Rowena for help. Um, And so she did everything that she could. She stayed by her side up until the very night that she drowned. So it's a very sad state of affairs. So once they reach the girl's room, they walk in and Heracle is asking Olga, has anybody been up there? And she says, no. Okay, nobody's been up here but to feed, um, I can't remember what his name, Harry? I think his name is Harry. Harry is her pet bird. And according to Olga, the girl used to tell Harry uh, everything like secrets you know just laugh and talk and sing and do all of those things with this bird but since the girl has died harry has done nothing but cry and he's been the only person in her room and so once they come up there you know everybody tries to give rowena some space to kind of take in everything that's happening now she hasn't been in her daughter's room since she died so it's a very somber mood Meanwhile, Mrs. Reynolds is kind of just taking inventory of everything that she's hearing from a spiritual side of things. And she keeps saying that she's listening, she's listening, she's listening. And Olga is upset because she feels like the fact that Mrs. Reynolds is there is disturbing the spirit of the girl that was once there. And she says from a religious standpoint... Everybody knows that this is not right and that somebody will eventually have to pay for this. So everybody is up in Alicia's room and Mrs. Reynolds is still listening for the spirits and she goes for Baba, which used to be Alicia's like toy bunny's name. And so as soon as she calls the toy bunny by its name, Rowena is like, girl, how did you know that? And all of a sudden, this light bulb burst. There's immediately following a knock at the door. So the next guest that comes in is Maxime. Like Maxime, but with an M at the end. And Maxime is Alicia's father. And Rowena is like, how did you get an invitation to come? Because I didn't invite you. And he says, well, I got one and it said to be here at 10 o'clock. So who invited him, y'all? Hmm. So as they're trying to figure it out, it turns out after Alicia unfortunately passed, he moved on pretty quickly from his whole situation that they had. Um, So six months after Alicia passed, he ended up getting with some rich billionaire um, or millionaire girl that has funded him some type of shop in New York City. 
And he says, well, you know, <laughs> the best way to go is to marry rich, okay? <laughs> I'm in the money. Maybe I'll fly you out sometime. And so she was like, you know what? I didn't invite you, but since you're here, you're going to do what you want to do anyway. So come on. And he was like, well, she was mine too, sir. <laughs> you were present some of the time, not all the time. So they go to sit down and at this point in time it's like nine or ten of them okay so they all sit down and they're surprised leslie who is the doctor the dad doctor that i was telling y'all about he's like oh no crystal ball no ouija board instead mrs reynolds actually has a typewriter she says no okay i'm not one to be doing all of that i'm just a vessel for the spirits okay i'm a secretary of sorts if you will so she pulls out her typewriter and they all sit down and they kind of try to tell leopold who was the little boy to go on and go in another room and play And he was like no nah, because alicia was my friend too and so mrs reynolds was like oh you believe in the spirits too and he was like mm, i talk to ghosts all the time here Okay, and they tell me that you a fake. <laughs> so we see what's out of the fence he is sticking on, okay? So they get started and Mrs. Reynolds tells them to nobody to touch her until the trance is finished. So she starts to ask if there are any spirits in the room, more specifically Alicia. She said that there are so many spirits that she can barely hear Alicia, so she's encouraging Alicia to come and speak up okay we hear you we're here we want to listen to you and so alicia makes her presence known and y'all mrs reynolds not even touching that typewriter it looks like from the shot that they showed us she didn't touch that damn typewriter so she asks, is she there alicia says yes she asks, did anybody hurt her and she says yes and as soon as she says that here come Heracle talking about no okay nobody hurt her and then he reveals that there is an uninvited guest there that's apparently the second assistant um, to Mrs. Reynolds. <laughs> so the first assistant is kind of like translating for Mrs. Reynolds while all of the seance stuff is happening. And Heracle goes over to the chimney and releases a latch and out falls this dude. Okay. And he says, judging by the fact that him and the first assistant, her name is Des, Desdemona or something like that. I'm going to call her Desi, y'all. I think this dude's name is Marcus. He says, judging by their eye color, it seems like they may be related. So, turns out, I think his name is Marcus. Marcus has some type of special um, gadget. That's like a magnetic pull, okay? So once Heracle pulls the switch on it, we see that the typewriter starts moving. Pretty tricky, okay? And so he tells um, Ariane that she's going to have to find another uh, source of subject for her book, okay? And he apologizes to Rowena for the loss of her kid. And he says that he noticed that somebody was there, because he noticed that there was a footprint in the fireplace, although Olga claimed that nobody had been in that room since Alicia had passed. So when they came up to the room and Olga was unlocking the door, he noticed that there were like some recent scratches around the keyhole, which means somebody had been trying to get off in there. And so 
you know, he said his apologies to Rowena and them. And all of a sudden, y'all, after that, Mrs. Reynolds starts screaming bloody murder, y'all. Like, screaming. She is possessed by some spirit. She starts laughing. She starts growling. She starts going back and forth between her voice and Alicia's voice. And when she goes into Alicia's voice, she's asking Rowena, why did you leave me? Okay, I didn't want to die. You know, you left me. And Rowena's like, no, I didn't. So, all of a sudden, Mrs. Reynolds' chair starts spinning out of nowhere. And it's like going around and around. And they start going back and forth between Alicia's voice again and Mrs. Reynolds' voice. Well, when Alicia's talking, she's saying, you killed me. You killed me. You killed me. But we don't know who she's talking about. And all the while, Mrs. Reynolds is asking her, who? Point out who did it. Tell me who did it. What happened? Y'all, this is crazy. So after the seance is done, everybody is just kind of sitting around talking about how they feel about it. And there are some mixed reviews, okay? But you know who are believers of Miss Reynolds in this whole process and everything that they've seen tonight? Ariane and Rowena. Heracule is like, I know you don't believe any of that, right? Did you see how I just broke down everything that she had going on back there? And she was like, no. Okay, tell me this. How can you explain away all of the doors bursting open at once? Tell me that. And so Heracule was like, girl, okay, <laughs> you got me. I have not been able to disprove everything that's going on just yet. Okay, but give me a minute. It's coming. She's a fake. I know it. So Ariane says that she is still going to write her book. She believes in Mrs. Reynolds. And <laughs> the girl has a gift. It's going to be a great book. So Rowena says that she believes that Alicia was present. Okay, she, she felt her. She knew it was her. There's no convincing her otherwise. So the doctor is checking out Mrs. Reynolds and Heracule comes over there and after he's done, he briskly walks away. Heracule and Miss Reynolds start talking and he still is calling her fake, how she is still preying on the vulnerable. She knows she's wrong for that. And we find out that Mrs. Reynolds was a war nurse. And she says that she used to see all of these people dying. Um, and not only that, but after they were dead, she would hear them as well. And so just imagine constantly being in that realm where you see pain, you hear pain, you feel it. And there's no outlet for you. And so she kind of compares the two of them and what they do. Um Heracle had death around him all the time. He was a soldier, okay? He saw war, and he knows death from that experience. He knows death from, you know, him being a detective. And then she mentions Catherine. Now, I'm going to assume that Catherine was his spouse or his significant other that he cherished and might have unfortunately passed away too soon. Um, and so after that, he kind of like eyeballs her. And in my head, I'm thinking, Mrs. Reynolds, were you supposed to know her name? Probably through Heracule for another loop. So 
she says that, you know, it is what it is. To me, this is real. Maybe it's fake to you, but all of this is basically in the eye of the beholder. Okay, maybe it is all just an act. But if it is, I mean, you know, I'm going to take you along for the ride, okay? Ariane says that I'm going to be rich soon. Okay, I'm going to be very famous so you just keep an eye out for me. We're not going to meet anymore. That's what she says. And she tells him to lighten up a little bit. And she throws on the mask that she came with and her uh, her cape. She throws it on Heracle as she walks away. She tells him to remember her. But she didn't even really have to say that because she knows that he will. So as she walks away, he just kind of stands there and walks around in her mask and her cape and in my head i'm thinking damn she she got all her breath up on that mask you really just gonna leave that mask on like that but this is the 1940s so we just we gonna let it rock okay so (laughs) so he starts walking around he passes the chandelier situation and um while they were talking, she had mentioned how he needs to lighten up, how the kids were there, you know, and how they were bobbing for apples, not a care in the world. Okay, so he goes over because he sees the apples, some still in the water. And y'all, he takes the mask off and he starts to bob for apples. Again, what we know now, you guys. <laughs> Ask me, will I bob for apples after everything that has happened and all of the stuff that I have seen medically, that's a hell no. I'm not doing that, okay? Not doing it. <laughs> but it probably was fun back in the day, but Mo not doing that. So he starts to buy for apples, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes behind him and holds his head down, y'all, trying to drown him in the bobbing apples he struggles for a minute and then he passes out just then as he's there for a few seconds y'all he's still standing i'm like okay ain't you supposed to like fall to the ground or something i don't know but either way his bodyguard comes and he saves him okay as soon as he pulls him out the water Heracles starts gagging up water he was like man you know I was bobbing for apples. I was trying to be carefree. And then all of a sudden, somebody like hit me. And he says that he had her mask on. So maybe whoever hit him thought that it was her. But again, I'm thinking houseway because she had on heels. He's a whole man. You can tell there's a difference. And she had on a dress. Like a... a, Yeah, she had on a dress. It wasn't a skirt. She had on a dress. Either way, her legs were showing. There's a difference. So, after he says, I had on her mask, it dawns on him. And he's like, where's Miss Reynolds? All of a sudden, we hear a woman scream. "Ah!" And then, outside of the Palacio, we see the shadows of the night. And we see a body get impaled on one of the statues we hear another lady scream and everybody rushes to the scene of the crime it is miss reynolds impaled on the statue you guys she was right when she said that he wouldn't see her again not alive at least y'all who pushed her 
So again, everybody has mixed feelings about what has happened to Miss Reynolds. Some of them believe that it was suicide. Others believe that she was murdered. Who's right? Who's wrong? We don't know just yet, but we know who's going to get to the bottom of him. And that's Hercule, okay? So the bodyguard ends up telling him, well, he tries to call for the police to get um, a boat out there so they can get out of there. However, Hercule goes to lock the door, well, the gate, and he tells them to go ahead and call the police back and let them know that Hercule Poirot is on the case and that somebody killed Miss Reynolds because she mentioned that there was a murder in her vision and then they tried to kill him. So, with that being said, nobody is leaving until he figures out Who's responsible for both attempts? Well, one completion and one attempt. Mm-hmm. So clearly who done it, you guys. I'm so excited to finally get down to the bottom of it. So he first goes to question Ariane. Okay. He asked her where she was, and she says that she was with the chef, and it was a uh, she was the actually the first one that found the body a few minutes right after midnight. Uh, he says that he was struck as well right after midnight. And he asked her, of course, what her alibi was. She said that she was with the chef, like I said. And she was like, oh, Hercule, you don't think that I was the one responsible? And he was like, well, you know, you and Arthur, you probably needed some source material. And she was like, but we're all friends, girl everyone that's been killed has an old friend just saying and so he says well considering that you've been alibied or whatever um i'm gonna actually have you assist me in this murder investigation so they go to collect uh rowena first and when she goes to collect her y'all she ends up finding baba the rabbit right up under some paintings. Now, I'm not sure if this is where the opening was where uh, Miss Reynolds felt. However, she found the rabbit in a place where it didn't belong. And so she lets Hercule know, and then they find Rowena. So Rowena goes on to say um, how she actually came to know of Miss Reynolds because Miss Reynolds had came to one of her performances and she used a name that only Alicia knew for her mom. And she said that it was like the name of the first play that she had performed in or first performance that she had done. And so she knew that this was something that only Alicia would knew. So that intrigued Rowena. And she says that Alicia was born two months prior to her first performance. And because of her birth, she was actually able to find her voice. So sweet, right? So they end up stepping outside. It's pouring down raining. And she says that they had created this secret garden up there. It was like their secret spot. And she says that Alicia would always joke about how they could go to the store to get this honey because she had mentioned how the bees would come up there. And she says, you know, we could just go to the store versus having this garden. But, you know, it was just something special for them. 
and so she cherished it in the sentimental type of way so after that she mentioned how uh okay so maxime is not alicia's father that is um alicia's ex this was the guy that she was engaged to and so she says that after alicia died she found out about him getting engaged to the other girl that's from new york or the uh millionaire chick and he had said some very hurtful things about how he was glad that him and alicia didn't work out and she said that he was you know gonna try to follow the biggest purse okay which means marry the woman with the most riches and so um she mentioned that after they had broke up of course alicia moved back and that was when (sighs) the voices started said that she was messed up mentally and you know she says because she was so used to coming off stage and coming back to Alicia who would be waiting for her in the dressing room she's just not sure if she'll be able to ever perform again because she knows that Alicia will not be there again very unfortunate um but I can assume that para uh Hercule has crossed her off of the murder suspect list for Mrs. Reynolds so the second person on his interrogation list is Olga who I initially thought was a nanny or something, but it turns out that she was actually a housekeeper. And in a superstitious city like this, basically, that was the best that Rowena could find. (laughs) And she says that she, she is a sorry housekeeper. Well, I hope she can make some good sandwiches or something. And so they end up asking her where she was at midnight, and she says that she was in the room waiting on Miss Rowena, And she came right at midnight. And so she ends up asking them, you know, why are you asking me all of these questions? Because he was like, and you said that you didn't like Mrs. Reynolds. You didn't believe in what she was doing. You are pretty religious. And you thought that her coming in to do the seance was wrong. And so she was like, yeah, but I didn't do nothing wrong. But why are you asking me all these questions? What is it that you do exactly? And so he ends up telling her that basically he's a detective. And he figure out who done it. (laughs) So she looks at Ariane because earlier in the movie, she had mentioned how Ariane was her favorite author. And so Ariane tries to explain it a way that, um, you know, he makes these lists and that she's helping him basically renew his juju. And so then he mentions how... um, she is very very religious that he recalled her calling mrs reynolds satanic and then he refers back to a bible verse and he says that the way that she recited that verse speaks more so from a person who worked in the covenant or practiced in the covenant versus somebody who went to like a a school for theology or Bible school. And so she mentions how she was a nun. She knew that she would be a nun before she could even learn how to read. And she practiced at a specific covenant for nine years or 
convent, I'm sorry, y'all, for nine years. That is until she met Mr. Simonoff. And Hercule, <laughs> he was probably serious and a bit sarcastic when he said, okay, so you fell in love and you forgot God. And she was like, it's not that simple. Okay. So she ends up saying how, not she, but he is going to get ready to ask her one more question. But all of a sudden, he hears a little girl singing. So he looking around like, where is this coming from? He don't see no little girl. He don't hear nobody. You know, he hears somebody, but he don't see somebody. So he ends up asking her one more question. And that is, for you to be so deep off in religion and believe that this house is really haunted, um, you know, and you fear the dark arts, why would you be here at a seance when you're leery of even spending the night here? She's never spent the night at that house, you guys, because she's so afraid of the spirits that possess the house. And she says, you know, I I have to answer to somebody. However, that somebody isn't you. And so then all of a sudden, Heracle sees, because they're on the wall behind Olga where she's sitting, there are all of these pans kind of like hanging up on the wall. He starts to see this running water cascade down from these pans. And so he goes over because there's like a little ledge where the water should kind of like pool after it comes down the wall. He feels up there, but he doesn't feel any water. It's just dust. And... He ends up asking her, what was her saint name? And she says that the saint name that she practiced under was Maria. Now, I didn't mention this earlier, but when they were doing the seance and Alicia and Mrs. Reynolds were hopping in and out of their um, spirit positions in that chair, when she said that she was murdered, and M came up. And so I'm not sure if that's going to play a part later, y'all. But Olga is still a viable suspect in my eyes. But we'll see what happens. Okay, y'all. So the third person on their interview list is Leslie, the doctor. So they're there. And he is doing the autopsy for Mrs. Reynolds. And he says that there's nothing really unusual about her body besides a few um, nail punctures and then the obvious wound that killed her. And so Hercule ends up mentioning that there is a bruise on her wrist and that he forgot to mention the precise time of death. And then we see that she has on a watch. And so when she fell... Her watch hit the statue and the shield over the actual watch itself broke, which left the precise time of her death. Of course, this sets off Leslie and he gets nervous and he mentions how Heracle and Ariane are staring at him and that he's not a loony. And so Heracle ends up asking him, did he serve or Ariane ends up asking him, did he serve? And it turns out that he did. He said that he, 
um, served and he mentioned a specific date, April of 45. And he says that he found bodies. He tried to nurse a couple of them back to health. And they actually ended up killing two of the kids by giving them milk, um, traumatized them so bad. They had to burn down the huts. And he says that when he got back, it was suggested or recommended that he no longer practice because he had wrote a note to Leopold and he had shot himself in the chest. So he tried to commit suicide, you guys, once before. So... Obviously, it wasn't a successful um, suicide mission. However, once he got back, he didn't practice, but Rowena had asked him to look after Alicia. That was his only patient that he had after he came back. And he says that he only did it to, to help Rowena as a favor because he was in love with her, y'all. And... He had been Alicia's doctor for so long, since she was a kid. And so it was, of course, more than reasonable for him to accommodate her request. And so that was that. And Heracle goes to ask him more questions, but then he starts to hear the singing girl again. He's looking around. And Arion is kind of looking at him as well, like, what is happening? Okay, because he did this prior to, and yeah, she thinks that something is getting to him. So then he ends up thanking Leslie for his time, and he walks away. So he goes back to the bathroom, because he had went to the bathroom after he finished interviewing Olga, to kind of just like gather himself. And so this time he turns on the water, the water's not running, okay? So he looks at the faucet and in my head I'm thinking, is the blood or something finna come running out of the faucet? No, it doesn't. But the water stops tapping. When he looks up again and looks in the mirror, we see Alicia's ghost. Wet. From her drowning. He looks back. He touches the wall like, girl, are you there for real? No, she is not. So he, next thing we know, we hear the water, okay? We see the water. He puts his hand by the water and he burns himself, which means that, yes, this is really happening. He goes to turn off the water and he opens up the door to find Leopold, Leslie's son, waiting for him by the door. And so he says, I'm sure that I'm nowhere on your list, am I? And so they start talking about how he happens to be reading a book of Edgar Allan Poe. And he was like, don't you think that that's a little bit beyond you at this age limit? You know, shouldn't you be reading Charles Dickens or something? And he was like, no, nah, he's too silly. Okay. And so they go on to talk about um, the ghost and how he hears them as well. Um, just like Mrs. Reynolds claimed. but. Remember, he told Mrs. Reynolds that the ghost said that she's a fake, but he is the real deal. And so he was like, I can kind of see why the ghost would be mad at her and want to kill her. Um, he also mentions how him and his dad were in the kitchen or somewhere waiting together for Miss Rowena to come and that her two assistants had surely arrived after her. 
And so he basically gives his dad an alibi. Um, They go on to talk about something else, but I can't remember the significance of it. Basically, uh, oh, he mentions how his dad, he has the shakes. Heracle and his dad both have the same shakes. And so he says that it's from the battle and that his dad is not tired like everyone thinks he is, but he's broken. Okay. And so um, he tells Heracle, Heracle, you know, you were dead too, if only for a few moments. And that's why they call to you. And if one of them actually has something to say, then now will be the best time for them to come and speak to you. And Heracle thanks him for his time and he walks away. So it seems that Leopold is very insightful. Although he is young, he is wise beyond his years. And he now gives his dad an alibi. So Leslie is perhaps crossed off the list of suspects. So Ariane ends up grabbing him after he gets done talking to Leopold. And she tells him, you know, we can just wait for the police if you need to and he says look when the police can do what i'm doing if i get knocked down to that caliber i'll be the next one being thrown off a balcony okay and so <laughs> yes he he's still in there somewhere <laughs> so then they go to question um nicholas y'all thought his name was marcus nicholas and um desi so they're questioning them separately, and it seems like Nicholas may be leaning on his sister as far as guidance goes, okay? So, they both have fake passports, and she is saying that when they were younger, their whole village ended up burning to the ground, and so they had to basically do what they needed to do to survive, and they lived... Um, off in the middle of nowhere and they survived off of weeds and mice until they ran into some men some uniformed men and so she tells this tale of how they will watch this one movie meet me in st louis every night on a half screen projector because that's all that they had um there was a cutoff for some weird reason i can't remember what the reason was but they will watch this movie every night and because of the hope that was portrayed in this movie, they always had the goal to move to Missouri. And so when they came upon Mrs. Reynolds, they were doing what they needed to do to survive. You know, that sometimes means a little bit of scamming, a little bit of scheming, a little bit of frauding. <laughs> and so... They basically did what they needed to do to become her assistants. And then Heracle had suggested that maybe they had skimmed some money off the top from Mrs. Reynolds. And although Nicholas is saying no, um, Desi is definitely looking a tad bit suspicious. And this whole time that he's been interviewing them, Desi has been insisting that Miss Reynolds is a fake, 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 fake. And Nicholas, on the other hand, was like, well, you know, we kind of just did what we needed to do to make her visions seem more real, okay? And that included using the little device that they were using for the typewriter. She had the visions, 
we just put everything else to work to make the vision seem more real. Okay, I guess that's a nice way of saying scheming, but okay. Y'all, I okay, so I do kind of think that Mrs. Reynolds did know a little bit. Um, now, she probably did a little bit of research before she came to some of these things, but I do, I do believe that she knew she could tap in to the spirit, spirit realm. So anyway, um, when Heracle was suggesting that maybe they killed her because Mrs. Reynolds was on to what they were doing as far as frauding her, uh, old girl made a run for it. And so as she's running down the hallway, she's shouting for Nicholas, trying to see where he is. And then Arion ends up like uh, sticking something out to trip her up. And so they end up tying them up. Meanwhile, the storm is raging outside. The guys that were like over the gondolas that are kind of like uh, escorts for transport, so to speak. Y'all, the boats are shaking back and forth. They can barely stay on without tilting over. It's a wild storm outside. So we go back inside and Nicholas and Desi are saying how they need to untie them. Heracle and Ariana are talking about them possibly being the ones to have done Mrs. Reynolds in. And so Ariane has moved them to the top of her suspect list. And Heracle is doing his thing where he's like, hmm, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. So just then he starts to hear the singing girl again. So he's looking around, looking around, and he finally sees a shadow. Y'all, he takes off and he chases the shadow down to Alicia's room. Okay, initially the parrot or the bird scares the crap out of him. But then behind the door, he sees the girl that's been singing. And so he says that he, she came with the other kids. He's asking her these questions. And he was like, did you come with the other kids? And she says, yes. He asked her, did she see, uh, did she know Alicia Drake? And she says, yes. She asked, uh, he asked her, did she see the murder of Mrs. Reynolds? Was she murdered? And she says, yes. And then he asked her, was she pushed? She says, yes. And then he asked her one more question. Did she see who did it? And she said, yes. And all of a sudden, the questioning is broken up by Ariane because she asked him, who is he talking to? And so when he turns back around, the little girl is gone. He said, you didn't hear that? And she says, no, okay, that thump on your noggin must have took you for a real spin, okay? So maybe he's got a concussion. Maybe he is tapping into the spirit realm too. I don't know. So he comes back and he starts to hear the girl again. Just then we hear all of these rumblings, okay? Um, and so he says that they're coming from the basement, but we know the storm is raging outside and we see that some of the uh, posts that are usually used to kind of hold the gondolas in place or anchor them down, they've broken off. That's how uh, severe the storm is outside. And so we start hearing all of these loud rumblings and he said that the noise is coming from the basement and Rowena is like, we ain't got no basement. So he ends up going to this one door 
where he hears the most rumbling, he ends up kicking the door down and they start to go down these steps. So then when they get down the steps, we see all of these different cages, right? And pushes open the cages and we see um, that there are dolls, there are mice. It's a whole bunch of different things down there like kids were actually down there. Y'all remember that story that I had mentioned earlier in the movie where they were telling the tale about the kids who were abandoned and neglected and left to die. So we see that there's evidence that yes, somebody was living down there, probably those kids. And so upstairs, a little bit on the way upstairs, Leslie is in the hallway, y'all, and he is suffering from like some PTSD shit, right? He's mumbling to himself and then Maxine comes over and he says something to the doctor, but it's like a snarky remark. And this causes Leslie to fly off the handle. They start fighting. Meanwhile, Heracle is down there. He's going through these different passageways in the basement. And one of the logs or posts that have broken off is starting to ram against the window. Um, and we see the water getting ready to gush in. The guys are still fighting. The women are trying to break them up. The post ends up breaking through the window. We see a skeleton down there, you guys, like a kid's skeleton. Okay, the post ends up like knocking into something which causes part of the skeleton's face to like come open and bees come out or some type of flying bugs come out the mouth. Y'all, it is gross. So just then... Leslie ends up getting the best of Maxine during this fight, and he ends up positioning him right up against this cut glass to where, like, if he wanted to, he could have pushed Maxine's head on top of this glass and killed him. But Leopold grabs him just in time and basically talks him down like, hey, I'm here. It's me. I'm here. And he finally calms down. And so Leopold looks at Rowena and he's like, you know, it's just the thing. And Rowena is like, I know. So she knows that Leslie has been through a lot. Y'all, I don't know. Y'all, while this storm is raging outside, Vitaly, the bodyguard, is left alone with Nicholas and Desi. While everybody else is kind of breaking up that fight that happened between Leslie and Maxine, Vitaly ends up undoing the ties that are holding Nicholas and Desi hostage. And as soon as he unties Desi, Desi slaps the piss out of him. <laughs> so then we go to Heracle and Leslie, they have laid Leslie down and gave him something to help calm him down. Leslie ends up thanking Leopold for taking care of him. And he says, you know, this should be the opposite way around, considering the fact that I'm the adult and you're the kid. And he says, well, you know, I got your back. Okay, it's cool. I understand. So Heracle ends up talking to him and Leslie apologizes. He said that he should have listened. And he compares the two of them. He says, you know, we're just alike, okay? 
we hear things. We hear the voices. And then he, we hear the, the girl singing. So he ends up falling asleep. Rowena ends up taking Leopold to, um, go get some more cake and they leave Leslie resting in the soundproof room. They lock the door behind him because they want to keep him safe as well as keep themselves safe. And that's it. That's all. So then he goes to interview Maxine. Him and um, Ariane are somewhere with Maxine questioning him. And he says that it's crazy how everyone believes this hype around the um what's the word i'm looking for superstitions that involve that house how everything is haunted and if you listen to rowena and what mrs reynolds said yeah sure he did kill alicia okay everybody thinks that and so he says that alicia was mentally ill and if they would have properly saw what it was versus what they wanted to believe then maybe alicia would still be there with them today if she would have got the right help instead of asking that quack Dr. Leslie to come and be, you know, see after her care. So then he mentions how um, he actually like cut his hand with a knife on, and then Ariane mentions some honey. So he pulls out the jar of honey that's kind of sitting nearby and he mentions how it doesn't smell like wildfire, wildflower. So where did it come from? Because y'all remember... Um, Rowena had mentioned how they were growing honey in their secret garden. So where did the honey come from, y'all? Probably Olga. So anyway, he mentions how, um, he actually did, uh, love Alicia. As a matter of fact, uh, a picture falls out from his pocket and, he says that the reason that they split is because Alicia was driving herself mad, you know, just trying to chase after her mom. So apparently the story that Rowena gave about how they were really close and, you know, she would take time away from touring to kind of just be with Alicia and spend time with her. Maybe it wasn't what she painted it to be. Because he says that Alicia would chase her mom around the world, just trying to make sure that she spent time with her. And he realized that he would never be first in her heart. And so because of that, he tried to break things off with her. And after he broke things off with her, you know, he went away for a little bit. But once he heard that Alicia was sick, he came back and he tried to visit her. But Rowena wouldn't let him see her. He tried to write her, but of course, Rowena wouldn't deliver those letters. And he says the next time that he saw Alicia was when she was in a coffin. And he loved her. Okay. And um, so everything, no, is not what he was painting it to be either. Like he was just so happy in his new relationship. And so Heracle ends up asking him for his... uh invitation and so him and Ariane look at the invitation and it's super anonymous it's just basically telling him to be at the palazzo at 10 um, because there's important news about Alicia 
And I mean, you know, they try to figure it out some kind of way. He looks at this apple that's sitting nearby on the table and he starts to see apple in the letter and the letters for apple appear to go red but then Heracle kind of like faints a little bit or gets lightheaded dizzy and so Ariana's like all right that's enough so then he has to leave and he says how you know he wasn't finished questioning him um but then Vitaly comes in and they get ready to question him and I'm curious as to what he's going to ask him, considering the fact that we know that he just let Nicholas and Desi go. So as he sits down, Ariane is starting to tell Heracle, you know what? You have taken a couple of knocks to the head. It's been a really long night. Maybe you should just let this one go. He's obviously not involved in this. And so Heracle says, you know, being in this house, it plays tricks with your mind. But there's always been things that have been kind of like leading me in the right direction while I've been here. And he ends up asking him, when did he become a policeman? And so he says that it was in the family, his dad was a cop and so it was just kind of you know second nature that he become a cop himself and following his dad's footsteps and so he says that he eventually retired because he was drinking because he couldn't sleep okay and he he never slept and so it is revealed that Vitaly was the cop that responded to Alicia Drake's suicide because he said that Heracle should know that all it takes is that one case and they all know what case that is to just finally push them to the point where they say you know what it's time to hang it up and so that case for him was Alicia so after that he went into retirement or sort of kinda. But Heracle finds it all coincidental, or maybe not, that just a year later, here he comes being Heracle's bodyguard, and he has been a ferocious pit, you know, trying to make sure that nobody gets to Heracle, that he doesn't talk to anybody that Heracle doesn't want to talk to. But then Ariane comes along with an apple mm -hmm, and he suggests that Heracle go talk to Ariane. And so he basically is saying that Ariane is in cahoots with Vitaly because Vitaly suggests that Ariane talk to Heracle she puts the bug in his ear that he comes to the seance about this lady. Ariane ends up killing this lady because they want Heracle to look like a fool. And they want him to be at this haunted house to make him think that he's going crazy when he is not. 
And as he's saying all of this, they show Arion pulling the string, which popped open the door right after the seance. And not only that, but that she had placed Baba the bunny in that weird spot. And we also see that Vitaly was the one that knew where the secret phone was, which means that he knew, well, that he had been to this house prior to tonight. So Heracule had caught on to all of that. And then um, some kind of way they mentioned that uh, Desi and Nicholas was in on this as well. And so as um, Heracule finishes up his theory, Ariane actually says, you know what? She had to make this into a book because the previous three books that she had put out were a flop. But no, she did not kill Mrs. Reynolds. So the question is, who did? Somebody had to. So just then, Desi comes in and she's like, hey, we need the key, okay? Somebody else is in that room with Leslie. So they run to the room, unlock the door to find Leslie laying face down on the floor right next to the piano. They all look at Heracle because he's the one that had the key and there's only one way in and only one way out. Again, there are mixed reviews. Everybody says that they were somewhere. So how in the world did he die? Well, the spirits are still haunting, okay? Rowena thinks that first the nurse, Mrs. Reynolds, and then the doctor, Leslie. Again, this is the child's vendetta. We've been hearing about this child's vendetta all night, y'all. So is it really? I don't know. But either way, y'all, Heracle is puzzled, but I'm pretty certain that he's going to figure out all of this really soon. So he ends up going to, where was he at? He ends up looking at Alicia's photos. And when he looks down, he sees that the girl that he was talking to earlier, oh, before I get to that part, y'all, let me go back. So he was talking to Olga, and he asked Olga why she ended up staying when they started performing the seance, knowing that the superstition about these spirits were in this house. And she says that she actually wanted to stay because of what happened the night Alicia died. So she said that Rowena had been by Alicia's side this entire time. And so, you know, she was really tired. So Olga suggested that Rowena go rest while she ends up taking watch over Alicia. By this time, Alicia has started hearing voices. But Alicia at this point was sound asleep in her bed. It was a little bit past midnight, I believe, she said, and all of a sudden she started hearing voices, the singing girl. So she said when she started hearing voices, she said she got the alphabet of Uh-uh, not today, Satan. So she left. 
Now, I don't think she told Miss Rowena that she left, but she left. And right after she left, of course, Alicia woke up and she must have ran out and killed herself or somebody killed her. And so she basically wanted to stay at the seance to ask for Alicia's forgiveness. She feels guilty for what happened to her. She feels like it's her fault. And I mean, it might be because if she would have been there, then maybe it wouldn't have happened. So as she's telling the story, Hercule is looking down at these photos of Alicia and he pinpoints one when she was a little girl. And this is the same girl that he was talking to earlier in Alicia's room when he was asking did this little girl see what happened to Mrs. Reynolds? And so he hurries up and he makes a mad dash for her room, y'all. So Heracule is in this room and he starts hearing things, okay? Something shatters. He sees Alicia and she's telling him, you know, why haven't you figured it out? You always figure these things out. The glass shatters, which causes him to stumble backwards and causes the cup of tea to shatter to the floor. He looks under the bed where he finds the bird, and he sees the picture, the other part of the torn picture, that is. So Maxine is trying to get the hell up out of there, because guess what? He ain't trying to be next in line to die when the gate drops at the hand of Heracule. Y'all, it seems he has figured it out. And he says, you know, this night has been exceptionally crazy, okay? This house, the superstition behind it, has made me believe that I was going crazy. I was hearing things. I was seeing things the entire night when the truth is the two deaths that have happened here tonight are due to the third death. And that is Alicia Drake's death. And so he goes down the list of suspects and the motives that they all had. And he reveals that a clue came to him. Okay, he was thinking that all of this was going one way when Ariane had mentioned where is the money going? Because Rowena was pretty successful, okay? And she did have a nice amount of cash flow, but she mentioned that she had lost all of the money. Well, not she, but Ariane was like, where did the money go? And then Rowena herself had mentioned how she could not sell the house because of the death. and. He says that it is because she lost that money due to somebody blackmailing her. Because she had killed her daughter, Alicia. So she says, no, I didn't. You know, why would I kill her? Okay, she was my only reason to live. And he goes on to say that it initially wasn't supposed to end that way. And it took him coming here that night and drinking that tea to realize that he 
had been poisoned. So after Alicia's death, she had ripped up like the secret garden or when she had grown up rather and she had got engaged to Maxine. Rowena was upset because her little girl was growing apart from her. So she ripped up the secret garden and she planted some type of poisonous plant um, that is further exacerbated when the bees make the nectar out of it, which comes from that honey that was sitting in that jar that we saw when Maxine was getting interviewed or interrogated. And so y'all remember when he put that honey on his finger, he was like, hmm, this ain't wildflower, a flower, but I can't quite place what this is. And so he says that on the night that Alicia died, well, prior to the night of her death, when Alicia came back after her and Maxine had split, she had started poisoning Alicia then. Okay, she wanted her to kind of stay up under her thumb, to be with her at all times, to control her, you know, to make her seem like a kid again, to make Alicia need her as her mother, right? So she had been poisoning her slowly but surely just to kind of keep her up under her thumb, but not necessarily to kill her. So the night that Rowena rested and Olga took over, Alicia has started seeing things, having these hallucinations in hearing voices, which she had been since she had gotten back because she had been putting the honey in the tea. So when she woke up this particular night that she died, she has started, you know, seeing things and bugging out. Of course, this caused Olga to panic because she wasn't familiar with this, okay? Because she had never stayed the entire night. So when she woke up, of course, Alicia was in a panic. So she did what she thought Rowena would do, which was give her this tea. Well, when she gave her the tea, she gave her a big old spoonful of the honey. And I'm certain Rowena wasn't giving her that much honey in the tea just to kind of keep her up under her wing, like I mentioned. So when Olga gave her this big scoop of honey... It killed her, which made Olga believe that she was the reason that Alicia had died, but the way that she died wasn't the way that Olga thought. So after everything happened with Alicia, I guess like she had calmed down after she drank the tea and Olga ran. Okay, but she didn't know Alicia was dead. So when Rowena woke up and went to go check on Alicia, she realized that she was dead. And so to cover up what she had done, she put the children's vendetta claws on the back of Alicia's back and she threw her from the balcony. So then, of course, the policeman found her. Vitaly had found her. And then... um. Leslie had did the autopsy on her. So she started receiving these letters in the mail, blackmailing, saying that, you know, whoever this was knew what she was doing. And so when she when she ran up on uh, 
Mrs. Reynolds, who had gave specific keywords to make her believe that Alicia was speaking to her from the grave, she thought that maybe Mrs. Reynolds was behind the blackmail or Leslie was because he was the only one, you know, that performed the autopsy on her, which he could have been faking like he didn't know her true cause of death because he was in love with Rowena. Love is blind, y'all. So she thought that only the two of them could possibly be the blackmailer. And so she called this seance because she basically wanted to dispose of both of them. And so she tried to dispose of Mrs. Reynolds initially when she saw Heracule in her costume get up that she had put on him. She thought that it was Mrs. Reynolds then, but it wasn't. And so she ended up drowning her, or she tried to drown Heracule by knocking him out and then like holding his water, un, uh, his head under the water. But she realized that it wasn't him. So when she actually found Mrs. Reynolds, she put the claw mark on her back and threw her over the balcony, which, you know, of course, impaled her over the statue. So then they mentioned how she used the inside phone that Vitaly had used the emergency phone because that was the only line that would work since the outside line was down because of the storm. And so after they had put Leslie in that soundproof room, she ended up calling him and she basically threatened to kill Leopold if he didn't kill himself. She confessed to what she did and he said, you know, no, he didn't believe it at first. And so she was like, look, I'm going to kill Leopold if you don't kill yourself. So he ended up putting like this knife up against the wall and basically like backing himself up into the knife. And so she tried to get away and she ended up at the very same balcony where Alicia was thrown from the balcony and Heracule at this point had caught up to her. She had locked everybody else inside the room where they were initially. And she said, you know, she couldn't, she couldn't let go of her. She wanted Alicia to forever stay her child. And so as she's saying this, Heracule is seeing Alicia's ghost come up behind her. So Alicia ended up tripping Rowena, which caused her to slip and fall from the balcony. And land in the water just like Alicia did. But Alicia was already dead. Y'all again. I was not expecting her to be the killer. Who did y'all think it was? I had no idea who it was. <laughs> I really didn't. It had me guessing to the end y'all. I really did not know. So after everything is said and done. And everybody is getting ready to leave the palazzo. He first runs into Maxime, and Maxime says that she was the best part of him. And if there is a true existence of souls after lives, um, then, you know, she he definitely helped her find some peace. And so he thanks him for that. Then he runs into Vitaly, and Vitaly says that they will deem 
Mrs. Rowena's death a suicide unless Hercule wants to, you know, add an additional statement to contest that. And he says no. Okay. So then he asked him, you know, let me escort you back to your house one more time before you turn me in for fraud. And he was like, under the guise of daylight, I don't see a sense in doing that either. So he's not going to turn Vitaly in. Good for him. So then we see him run into Olga and Leopold. And y'all. He calls him a precocious little boy, and he says, you know, they are kind of similar. And he says, don't feel any guilt about what happened here at this house. None of this is your fault. And so Olga was like, why would he believe that? And it turns out that Leopold was the one that sent the blackmail letters to Rowena. Not Leslie, nor Mrs. Reynolds. He says that after he looked at his dad's notes, he went to go read in the library and he saw that this was the same plot from The Poison King, which was the first play that she did. And so she knew, he knew that it was Rowena the entire time. And so he decided to test his theory by sending the blackmail letters. And so he says the only thing that he used that money for was to pay the bills. He didn't use it to, you know, pay for anything in excess just to make sure that they had food and shelter because his dad could not take care of himself. And so he was like, that's okay. I tell you what, the money that you have in your mattress, there's a better use for it. And so we see uh, Desi. And Nicholas outside, and Nicholas is telling her how they made it prior to Mrs. Reynolds, and that they're going to do even better without her. And then we see Olga and Leopold walking out, because Leopold is going to go live with Olga, and so is Harry the bird. I love it. They're all going to go live uh, with Olga and Simona, her husband, okay? And so she tells Nicholas and Desi to come along because they're basically going to use that money to pay for them to become U.S. citizens to move to Missouri. So, of course, Desi is super grateful. She ends up hugging Olga and they all leave. So before they take off for good, um, Leopold ends up telling him, you saw her, didn't you? And he says, don't worry. Um, the ghosts that die here, they always come back. And so he basically says that he'll see his dad soon. And they take off. So the last person that we see is him run into Arion. And y'all, she said some mean, nasty things when he was accusing her of being in cahoots with Vitaly. She said how... Basically, Heracle had no friends and that she made him famous by writing these books about him. And I mean, basically everything that he said about her was true. And so she ends up saying how she's going to have to rewrite her whole book because the the superstitions about the house were debunked. So none of it was true. And so as she's saying this, She's looking at 
Heracule. And she was like, hold up. You saw something, didn't you? And he says, he doesn't give her an answer to that. He just says that they can only try to make peace with the ghosts from the past, okay, in order for them to live a full life while they're here. They have to come to terms with everything that they've done. And so she was like, okay, so how are you going to live? And he doesn't respond. He takes off. So next thing we see is him returning back home. And instead of him closing his door off to society, to the community that he lives in, he leaves his door open. And we see that there are some people sitting outside of his door. So as he leaves this door open, one of the guys wakes up and he walks in. So he follows Heracle upstairs and Heracle basically starts to solve the mystery that he had wrote Heracle about his family and how all of a sudden his parents have died and his brother as well and that he believes that the doctor is behind their deaths because he's their beneficiary so where if all of them die then he's going to receive you know whatever is left behind and that's the way the movie ends y'all Oh my gosh, it was a really good movie. I definitely did not think that the mom did it. Like I said, it left me guessing up until the very last moment like it did with the last movies. If you guys haven't seen them, I think the other one is called Death on the Nile and the other is called Murder on Orient Express or something like that. Really good books, you guys. Uh, Really good movies. If you are an Agatha Christie fan, you need to read And Then There Was None. But if you aren't Agatha Christie fan, you already know about that book. Okay, so that's it, you guys. That is the wrap up for spooky season. Of course, I'm still going to be doing all murder mystery stuff. So if you have any suggestions, please let me know. I'm going to try to do some more stuff that's holiday related when it comes to Christmas. So please let me know if you guys have anything. Okay, I love you guys. Thank you guys for sitting this long. If you actually listen to the whole thing, let me know what you thought. Let me know who you thought was the murderer. Okay. That's all I have. Y'all, please stay safe out there. And until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo, and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.